Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast episode 391, where tonight we'll talk a little bit about tracking the Wakanda Forever box office, as there's been a lot of conversation about the film, uh, seemingly conversations indicating the film being a failure, flopping, or, or other language like that, and I just want to make it very clear, just right off the bat, that that's just not true, based off of the information and data that we have in front of us. Uh, as of this point, as of the recording and as of the premiering of this live stream, uh, the film is very much on pace to be able to make its money back quite uh, quite easily, I would actually argue. We'll have to, of course, wait for those week two numbers to finally come in for us to be able to give us uh, a good idea of exactly how much money this film is expected to make. But we can start to make some projections based off of how this film is tracking closer uh, closely to other films to come out this year from the MCU and other films that had similar openings. And so I talked about this a bit on the box office breakdown from this past weekend, but we will dive into the numbers. We will look at the fact that it did have a massive 73% drop from Sunday to Monday, which is definitely on the high end, but is also not record-breaking. I believe that there have been some MCU films that have seen numbers in the 80s before. So though it is not a strong hold from Sunday to Monday, it is definitely not the worst of them all. So I just want to again get it out there that this film is not in financial danger at this point in time based off of the numbers that are in front of us and also to make it clear that I indeed do believe firmly that Black Adam is set to be a a pretty massive box office uh, flop. Uh, 25 days into its release currently on its Monday release or rather on its Monday uh, yesterday, it only made $450,000 versus Black Panther's $11.1 million. Not to mention, Black Panther Wakanda Forever made almost the entirety of the total of Black Adam in one weekend that it took Black Adam uh, four weeks to make. So, again, we will talk about this and plenty of other stuff, as well as going into the comment section to see what y'all have to say. But before we go any further, though, please make sure you smash that like button, lap that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. Smash the rumble button if you're watching over there, as we are on all platforms this evening. And again, thank you very much for joining us for tonight's stream. Uh, it'll be a little wonky at times as we dive into the numbers, but I think it should be also hopefully informative and hopefully at times even entertaining. So let's go ahead and say hello to the chat. We had Master of Gamer starting things off. Master of Gaming, uh, thank you again for being here. He tagged to put Black Panther Wakanda Forever did more than Black Adam in one weekend compared to four weeks of Black Adam's run. I know that it was uh, just about the same amount of money. It was just about the same amount of money. It hadn't quite made it over. I think now with the Monday numbers, it has basically caught up to Black Adam. Uh, but either way, the, the fact that, yeah, it, it took one weekend for Black Panther to do what it took four weeks for Black Adam to do kind of shows us the fact that Black Adam is definitely not in as good of a financial situation. But what's even worse for Black Adam is that because it had a massive $200-plus budget, it needs to make around $500 million to break even. Right now, at this point, it is not looking like that is going to happen. Really, the only hope that it had was a China release. That has now come and gone. There has not been a China release. For all we know, there could eventually be one, but I doubt it, just based off of where it stands at this point. 
And because of that, and even if it did, that wouldn't guarantee anything, by the way. But because it doesn't have it especially, there's really not much else that the film can do to be able to, uh, to, 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 be able to make its money back. Now, what we can say for sure is that Black Adam uh, has been surpassed domestically after the first weekend um, as Black Adam has $151 million domestically to the $181 million that was made domestically by Black Panther in its opening weekend. So again, Black Adam had $151 million going into, or rather at the end of its fourth week of release, Black Panther made that in just one weekend. And I want to also... Make this very clear. I, I got into some. I got into some heated discussions. Not really heated discussions, but some discussions with some of the peoples in the comment section. And I just want to make this very, very clear. Anyone who is trying to sell you on conspiracy theories that Disney is buying tickets to make it seem like it's more expen- like it's more successful, they are selling you crap. Either they're selling you crap, or they're making some really bad assessments every single point that anyone brought up in my comment section about how oh they have proof and oh this was claimed and this was claimed all of it could easily be explained now am i saying that it's never happened am i saying that it's not happening now no what i am saying though is that what we have in front of us is not actual verifiable evidence of any of these things happening People who say, oh, well, uh, you know, I want to go see this movie and there was a whole row that was blocked off and no one showed up for it. Okay, there's a couple of different things that we can do to explain that. For one, there are indeed situations where you have companies, independent companies, that will buy out tickets to a movie for giveaways. Sometimes those giveaways don't come to fruition, so they had already bought the tickets and so the tickets end up not being used. Also, Taking into account that sometimes people will buy tickets to a film and then will end up not showing up and they will try to get their refund after the fact. I worked at a theater that happened a lot more often than you would think. And even more so, and this is again most likely the scenario if you had a situation where you or anyone else try to point this out of, oh, why are there all these blacked out sections and yet people aren't there? Well, that's also easily explained because, again, having actually worked at a theater, there were times when we had what we thought to be major releases. Films that we thought were going to be massive hits, where we would manually go in and, and block off certain sections, certain rows, so that if we got to the point of it almost selling out, we could then start to open up those seats to try to make sure, one, every seat got filled, and two, it didn't get overcrowded. It didn't get overbooked. So... If you are buying or if anyone is selling you the conspiracy theory, because that's the best way to describe it, that Disney is somehow buying tickets to make it look like they're that much more successful, I'm sorry, but it's just not based in fact. It's not based in reality. There's no actual data to suggest other than just pure speculation, and that all that speculation can, can be, again, be, be explained away, I think, quite easily. The fact is, Black Panther Wakanda Forever as bad of a movie, as boring of a movie as it is, is an MCU movie. And as we all know, the MCU stands, and trust me, I've had to deal with them. It's amazing how MCU stands and DCEU stands have both gone after me because I don't like either of their films. <laughs> it's like, I think both films are crap. I made a comment, though, that if I had to watch either again, I'd watch Black Adam again simply because it's shorter. 
And people got kind of up in arms about that. Regardless, I'm very clear that I don't like either movie, but I'm also not going to deny the, the, the facts and the reality that's in front of us, which is that Black Panther Wakanda Forever is a financial box office, uh, at this point in time, on the way to being a box office hit. Now, is it going to make a billion dollars? I mentioned this previously that I thought one of the movies, someone had asked me what did I think the next billion dollar film would be. I said that there was a chance that Wakanda Forever could do that. At this point, I will say I don't think that chance is, is very likely. I do not think it has a chance to do that. But, to get back to that main point, please, if you're going to try to spin any of the Disney-bought tickets, and that's the only reason why the film looks like it's a success, nonsense, please just go away. It's not based in any logical or sensible reality. And I'm not trying to call out any other channels if, if they have mentioned this. Again, I think it's people who are looking at data in front of them trying to make assumptions. Hey, I understand that. I get that. But I'm trying to just say, based off of my own experience, because we went through this same thing back during Captain Marvel. People couldn't believe Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. And yet, we know that MCU stands will show up in full force to go support these movies. And we also know that when it came to that film, because it came out about, what, a month or so prior to, not too long before the end of, really, the, the saga, the, 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 uh, the Infinity Gauntlet saga, it had everything going for it, to it for it to be a massive hit because of all the anticipation of Endgame. And that proximity obviously helped it. But I remember battling people back then about the same conspiracy nonsense. So anyway, I wanted to get that out of the way as well. All right, let's go ahead and dive into the chat. First off, saying hello to my Odyssey fam. We got Abomination over there throwing in a sticker. Thank you very much for being here. Thunderduck, what's going on? Says there, Black Adam will make more than Eternals domestically, internationally, and globally, and more than Shang-Chi internationally and globally. These two movies were pushed like crazy by the media. So much for that. Well, I will say that to say that Black Adam will do that well, I actually, Thunderduck, I don't know what money you're looking at or, or what numbers you're looking at. Will the film make as much as Eternals? There's a good chance. Right right now it's at $351 million. I think $400 million is absolutely doable for the movie. Shang-Chi made over $430 million. I don't think Black Adam's going to have enough in the tank now that it's got competition from Black Panther. And again, Black Panther ain't a good movie. But MCU stands are going out in full force to see it. As is evidenced by the fact it made $330 million worldwide. And even I mentioned, that came in underneath what they had projected. Specifically the international market. Which as I've said before as well, international market doesn't go as crazy for Black Panther as the domestic does. The domestic is going to be the story with that movie. But at $351 million after four weeks for Black Adam, right now it's at the very bottom of projections for what the historical standards are domestically, I don't see it. I really honestly uh, do not see that as being a, a, a possibility um, or a, not a likelihood to say the very least to make it to make it to 430 million. It's I think slowing down a bit too much. And I think internationally, especially it's going to start to die off pretty quickly. I don't see the path forward for that number specifically. 
Uh, again, abomination. Thank you very much for hanging out. Let's go back to the YouTube chat. We got J Roar. What's going on? Thank you for being here. Snow Poopus Cuber says, "How old humans and other quitteth? What is going on?" Thanks for being here. He says, "Hello, hello to you." King Kane Rumshki, what's going on? Says, why would so many people watch Black Panther when we already know it isn't good? Again, we know it isn't good. But most of the people who go to see these movies are normies. They're, 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 again, when I say MCU stan, what I mean are those people who have associated MCU with, oh, they make they make movies. I like those movies for the most part. I, I remember... I remember Infinity War. That was fun. Oh, Black Panther 1. I remember that film. Many of them even liked the first Black Panther film. I don't quite understand that either. But they do exist. There are a lot of them. I, I was working in a theater at the time when the first Black Panther film came out. Trust me. I know how massive that film was. $700 million domestic for that movie. One of the highest in the MCU. Especially for a non-Avengers, non-team-up movie. So we need to be very careful when trying to balance the fact that bad movies can still make a lot of money. Even, even films that, that have gotten terrible reviews. You, you need only look to a film like Alice in Wonderland. Got to a billion dollars. The, the remake, the live action remake with Johnny Depp. That film got to a billion dollars worldwide. And that film was trash. Bad movies can still make money. Bad movies can still make profit. The question is, what is your base? Are you delivering marketing-wise enough to get your base to show up the first two weeks? And then from there, do you have just enough momentum, especially with the next month of no major releases set to come out, to be able to push yourself past the edge? And again, I think that you will see Black Panther... And somewhere around $500 million by the end of this weekend, specifically. It's already, you know, well on its way to that right now. Uh, based on the, with the uh, Monday numbers, it's at 342. So if it's adding around, you know, 10 million or so a day, you then add on top of that, likely a 60 to 70% drop. Who knows what it's going to be? You're, you're going to see the film get very close to $500 million. And at $500 million, if it hits that $500 million mark this weekend, worst case scenario for the movie is 700 to 750 worldwide. Just, and again, that's just based off of comparing that to other films that have done similar numbers. And guess what? That would be more than enough for it to make its money back and to make some profit to boot. Now, it's also going to be worth noting and I'm going to point this out if it if it caps out at 700 to 750 worldwide guess what that's still about half of what the first Black Panther film did the first Black Panther making 1.3 billion so that to me is a huge story it also shows that even Black Panther which has I think it had a much higher opportunity based off of the use of the death of Chadwick Boseman based off of the much higher domestic advantage that it had over any other film. Again, just comparing the domestic total for Black Panther 1 versus any of the other films, like Doctor Strange 1 or uh, even that of, of Thor, uh, in Thor, the first Thor film, Thor Ragnarok. 
I think what you're going to find is that they're not going to be able to escape a simple truth, which is that though they still have the MCU stands, though they still have that, that, that core base that is, is coming out, we are looking at a situation that they are, are, are very clearly losing audience. And it's going to come to a point where they will become like Black Adam that don't have really a chance or a prayer to hit its break-even point. Anyway, just another red shirt. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being in the chat. Thanks for being a member. Uh, Tina B, thank you for being in the chat. I know that you are not feeling well, so thanks for stopping by. For anyone wondering where the Valks are, uh, Steph is off on Tuesdays. Tina is is out for the night. So I'm going to try and keep my eye out on the chat. Hopefully we have a couple mods keeping an eye on things. I know that uh, Alex McCarthy Jr., I know you have a hammer. Uh, you have a wrench, so if you can keep an eye, if you can... Um, and then if Laura, the modern major general shows up as well, and if not, I'll, I'll keep an eye out. Uh, the one thing just to remind everybody of, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment at Odin. It lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. Keep in mind that I do fall around 20 to 30 minutes behind as well. I fall 20 to 30 minutes behind. It's the nature of the beast, as they say. All right, Keely Chow, what is going on? Welcome back to the chat. I also highlight the people as they come in. Uh, Super Anime Gamer says, hey, what is up, my dude? What is going on, Super? Thank you very much for hanging out tonight. Here in the Steadfast in the chat, what's going on? Bruce in the chat. Great Wuda is also here as well. Thank you very much for hanging out. Mike Healy is in the chat. Fred Farkle is in the chat. Thank you very much for being here as the chat Jumps on me like it always does. Appreciate you. We got Joey Horn in the chat. Forever Sci-Fi, who is a member as well. Thank you for being here. Alex McCarthy says, Howdy, old, and how's it going? How's Thor? New show on Paramount Plus called Tulsa King, starring Stallone, is pretty good. And I haven't brought uh, R.I.P.D. 2. Can you buy R.I.P.D. 2? Has that been released? My name is Sly Stallone. You're welcome. Wuda says, I might lose friends because I refuse to watch Wakanda forever. Well, if someone's going to cut off their friendship with you because you won't watch a movie, I think that says a little bit about them. Cacao and Cookies Minions, what is going on? How's it going? Super says, I'm okay, thanks. Thought I had a great day at work, but when I got home, realized I screwed it up and can't redo it. Hoping your family's doing great. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. Uh, I hope things get better. Hope things get better. Rosie G, what's going on? Welcome back. Mike Jackson also in the chat. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, says, I'm actually more interested in seeing that anime that beat Wakanda Forever at the Japanese box office than seeing it. Yeah. Um, Now, let's also be clear here, all right? Because I've seen some videos on that too. I don't know much about the anime. My, My main question would be this. Was it the opening weekend of the anime? If it was... It's not that surprising to me that it won over a Western movie. Because, again, Japan is is very well known for the anime market. And there's a huge popularity of that genre. It's similar to when you look at the China releases as well, right? Typically, you have releases that are actually made in and by uh, Chinese production companies. Those films tend to do very, very well in their home country, even over the domestic releases of, of mainstream Hollywood films. So I'm not all that surprised by it. And again, I don't know much about the anime, but initially when I heard that story, I said, well, 
if it's the opening weekend for both of the movies, then I'm not surprised. I mean, heck, I don't. I wouldn't even be surprised if it was the second weekend. Because, again, the market for the Japanese market, which might be very friendly towards MCU films, is a heck of a lot more friendly towards films made in its own country. It's, in a way, think of it this way. When we have films that come out, right, that are either American-made or American-distributed, and then we have foreign-language films that come out, or countries that come from, specifically from, from foreign countries, which ones are we more likely to see? We've had animes come out here. They've done decent. They haven't done these numbers. So it's really not all that surprising, to be perfectly honest. Based off of at least the, the initial reporting that I'm hearing. Here in the Steadfast, what is going on? Thank you for being here. G-Man is in the chat. Laura, the Modern Major General. Infotainment. Hopefully. Hopefully infotainment. Kimberly G, what is going on? Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Reaper is also in the chat. Keck44 also hanging out as well. If a knight can make a knight, can I make mods? I don't believe mods have the power to make mods. Uh, at least, At least I don't believe so. I do not believe so. Uh, Bruce is having video issues. Hopefully you're the only one who is. Seems like that is the case. Someone just said, but the books. Are we yelling at books, Wayne? Reaper had to say, so what you're saying is that you'll proudly display both Black Adam and Wakanda Forever steelbooks behind you once they release. Reaper, that is exactly what I'm saying. You, you cut me to the quick. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, when I say that I dislike both films with a fiery passion, uh, that's exactly what I mean. You got it. You, you have figured it out. You have figured me out. <laughs> you have discovered the secret to life itself. Uh, and with that note, uh, Reaper, I appreciate that comment very much. Let's go ahead then and, and let's dive into those numbers there. All right, so Wakanda Forever, Wakanda Forever. I feel like you have to say that every single time. Right now, it's at $342.7 million. This is after just one weekend and a Monday. One thing of note, of course, is the fact that the domestic number is definitely higher than the international. I think that that's a trend that we're probably going to be able to follow. What I do find interesting is this. So it's not all sunshine and rainbows for this movie. Again, just because a film is going to break even, make profit, and, and, and do better than what some people might expect it to, does not mean that it is doing as well as it probably should. So what I find interesting is that uh, the numbers has this charting here. And I'll, I'll go ahead and, and you know pull this up so that way you all can see it. It says, The shaded area represents the expected performance range for a film based on its opening, box office, opening weekend box office. 95% of films fall within the shaded area. If a, film if a film trends towards the top end of the shaded area, it has good legs compared to the average movie. If it trends towards the bottom, it has poor legs. The predictive area is based on movies from the past five years. So I like this because it's based off of historical standards. And also, as it says, this is based off of 95%, or rather that 95% of movies, vast majority of films, will fall somewhere in this range. Notice how. Again, based off of its first weekend, that, 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 that Monday drop-off is showing, right now at least, things don't look that great. As you can see, it's not even in the shaded area. This film is underneath projections. 
According to historical standards, the film should be around 197 to 211. It's at 192. So we can look at that number and say, okay, that's that's definitely something for them to probably to keep an eye on. But even though that shows that that's not all bad, or rather it's not all good news for this movie, we, we still have to admit the fact that this film is doing well. One thing that I will try to bring up to showcase that is to compare this to other movies. Now again, I'm not saying Black Panda Wakanda Forever is a good movie. I gave my review of it. It's bad. If the film had a chance of flopping, I would be ecstatic. But I'm also a numbers guy, and I'm also a guy who, even when I dislike something, has to be honest when it comes to the numbers. Simple as that. So let's go ahead and compare this film to some other movies to come out just this year from the MCU. All right. Now, it's not having it here on the numbers.com, but its production budget was also $250 million. All right. Domestic opening weekend Black Panther at 181, Thor Love and Thunder at 144, Doctor Strange, 187. We have here the domestic total box office for Black Panther was 192. The high end was Doctor Strange with 411. I suspect, very much so, and I, I have a lot of confidence, that Black Panther will, Wakanda Forever, will be able to reach, if not surpass, the domestic. Here's what I think will happen, though. I think the film will fail to match up to Thor Love and Thunder's International. So, I think it's going to do very well domestically, better than expected. And again, those week two numbers will give us a very good indication of that as well. But that international number, I think, is going to be its Achilles heel for being as successful as some of these others. Now, because of the fact that you do have those discrepancies, right? So it's going to do better domestically than Thor Love and Thunder, but it's might going to do, it probably will do a little bit worse than Thor Love and Thunder's International. This is the reason why I'm, I'm thinking that 745 number is actually a, a very likely outcome. And again, it depends on where it ends up after week two, because if it's at $500 million at that point, even if all the legs fall off, even if we're looking at the film accounting for the first two weeks of the film, counting for 70% of its box office, right? So low end estimates there, we're looking at seven to 750 which means it's not going to get anywhere close to the $952 million of Doctor Strange. Now, let's go ahead and look at some trends because, obviously, those are looking at totals and we don't have the totals for Wakanda Forever as it has just released. So, let's look at the numbers, all right? Firstly, end of the second weekend, rather, end of the first weekend, 181, right? $181 million. Let me go ahead and try and see if I can enhance, enhance. Too much enhancement. There we go. $181 million, 144 for Thor Love and Thunder, 187 for Doctor Strange. So Doctor Strange had a better opening weekend. Keep this in mind too. Doctor Strange actually made $13.6 million on the Monday after its release versus the $11.1 million of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. 192 versus 201. So Wakanda Forever is currently tracking slightly behind Doctor Strange. And since it's tracking slightly behind Doctor Strange domestically, and I don't think there's a chance 
in hell that it catches up to the international totals of Doctor Strange. That's why I'm thinking the way in which it's going to track is going to lead it closer to Thor Love and Thunder. I think that one would be honest or one would be um, one would one could make a pretty common sense conclusion that the film theoretically again depends on that week two drop theoretically could fall somewhere between Love and Thunder and Doctor Strange, which would mean it would not make a billion dollars. But let's say it does track closer to the Love and Thunder worldwide. Again, I'll look at those week two numbers in comparison to both of these films in the box office breakdown this coming weekend. But once we see those numbers, that'll give us an idea because, I'll, again, I'll be able to do my projections based off of tip, just typical historical performances from most movies. And if we see numbers that are a little bit better, right, if we don't see a massive drop off week two, okay, then we're starting to see the chance of it getting closer to 800 plus million. If we do see a massive drop-off, that's when, again, worst-case scenario, I think, is the film gets 7 to 750. That's what I think the worst-case scenario is. Best-case scenario, I think, is, is 850 to 900. So somewhere between 7 and 800 million, I think, right now, as of right now, is probably a likelihood. By the way, Culture Casino, thank you very much for the $2 super chat. He says, pretty sure we're looking at no better than $800 million. Because Culture, I think you're right. I, I would, based on these numbers, I, I would say that is most likely what we're going to see. And again, I think Love and Thunder and Doctor Strange are great films to have uh, comparing it to. Because again, it's tracking just below Doctor Strange. It seems to be tracking ahead of Thor Love and Thunder. But again, the international numbers is really where we're going to find, I think, that separation happen. Uh, again, also, please, if you have a comment or question, put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. You can, of course, super chat, let you jump the line basically a little bit. You can donate via Streamlabs as well. Um, but Black Panther for Wakanda Forever, as you can see, it's still making decent money. It's not doing nearly as well as Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Keep in mind, though, this film, Multiverse of Madness, made $950 million, made massive amounts of profits. Thor Love and Thunder. Didn't do nearly as well. Still made its money back. Still made profit. Black Panther Wakanda Forever on track to very likely make its money back. Not just make its money back, but to make a decent amount of profit. But even with that being the case, again, I'll I'll go back to this point. If the film ends up, right, like Culture Casino said, if 800 is the ceiling for this movie, that means that at best this film is only able to make half of what the first Black Panther film made. That tells a lot. Because if you start off the summer with Doctor Strange at 952, which was supposed to be like the return of the MCU, and then all of a sudden you had Thor Love and Thunder drop a good 200 million from that, and then you have Black Panther, which was expected to be kind of again this this massive domestic hit success not come to fruition and end up close to the Thor Love and Thunder number. Oh boy. We're starting to see these, these, these franchise players not punching at their weight. And while I have this up, again, for those wondering about Black Panther, as you can see, domestically, it is not showing very strong legs. It is not showing very strong legs domestically. It's at $351 million worldwide at this point in time. According to my box office tracking, 
when that film came out. And again, I'll, of course, update this once we have uh, the official numbers for these others. That film, by the way, Black Adam, opened up to 140 to 50 by the end of its second weekend. So as you can see, that's how much better Black Panther is doing at this point. But my projections for that movie were somewhere between 357 and 500. So, again, to, uh, to Thunderduck, to say that $430 million or, or, or to say that it could potentially beat the number of Eternals, not of Eternals, but of Shang-Chi, which was around 430, it's possible. But as you can see, it's got to have very, very strong legs. And according to the, again, charting here from the numbers, it, it is not showing very strong legs. So the chances of it doing that are not very likely. Right now, I would say this is tracking closer towards the lower end of the scale of my projections. I'm thinking somewhere closer between 4 and 425 by the end of its run. We'll have to, of course, wait and see. But those are the numbers as they stand. Again, 73% drop from Sunday to Monday. So it's a pretty big drop there. Not the biggest that we've ever seen. Um, but obviously, a film that is doing well, all things considered... Only needs to make it, in its case, to 600... I say, I say only, 625 million is its break-even. If it gets to $500 million by the end of its second weekend, you do the math on that. To make another $125 million minimum, that, that's easy money. No competition in the next week. Or, sorry, in the next month or so. And that's the reason why I stand and hold where I am. As again, the box office shills over at <laughs> the box office shills over at uh, Deadline are talking all about the 100 million dollar promo partner campaign fuel uh, the the November record setting opener. Once again, yet another piece of evidence we can look to as to why the film is as high as it is. Not conspiracy theories. Anyway, let us see over at Rumble. Kincaid Rumsky says, so based on your theory, why didn't more normies watch Black Adam? Are you saying they didn't know about the Superman cameo? I would assume normies like Superman. Here is the thing. Let's look first at core fan base. The core fan base for the DCEU is very small in comparison to that of the MCU. How do I know that? Just look at the box office numbers. MCU films have so much more, especially since it's been around for a lot longer and a lot more films have come from it as well, has a lot more audience base to be able to, to, to reach from. So it's already starting off with an advantage in that, in that case. You add on top of that the fact that when it comes to Black Adam not being a very good film, not having great word of mouth, and, you, and then you soon realize basically that they're not adding a lot of new normies to it, so only that which has already been established as people who would, generally speaking, like the DCEU product are the only ones that are really going to be showing up for it. So the DCEU has not really been able to capture that normie audience. There's only been really a couple of examples where, where they've been able to capture it a bit, right? Uh, you know, obviously, we look to a film like Aquaman making, again, it's the only DC film to make a billion dollars, or rather DCEU film to make a billion dollars. Uh, you looked at the first Wonder Woman film. That that film did quite well. Wonder Woman 2, not so much. So it, it all stems from the fact that normies 
are not nearly as established as a fan base for DC properties as they are for the MCU. That's why you saw a much a much lower release. Even The Rock, even the presence of The Rock, I thought that was going to have a little bit more of an impact internationally especially. It actually didn't show up nearly as much as I thought. So it is interesting. It is incredibly interesting to say to say the least. All right, back over to the YouTube chat. Says Laura says, this isn't proof, but everyone I know saw Wakanda. Yeah, exactly. Again, lots of people have gone to see it. Just because your theater is showing empty seats does not mean that that is the case for every single theater. I live in an area that is not known for being a, a movie-going capital by any means in, in the Chattanooga area of Tennessee. And I can tell you that the first, the first IMAX showing was sold out. The first IMAX showing completely sold out. They actually had showtimes going all the way till 3 a.m. Now, to be fair, many of those showings were mostly empty. The IMAX showings were the only ones that were really selling. But still, that's hundreds and hundreds of people in an area that is really not all that large in comparison to many others. I look at the numbers themselves. The numbers themselves show people went to go see this movie. Forever Sci-Fi, who is a member, says, If a theater saves a row and a group comes in without having pre-purchased seats, they can keep them together instead of trying to mix them with other people. Yes. We also live in the age where theaters are much more likely to offer different types of perks. For instance, you can now rent an entire theater for a fair amount of money. For, for somewhat reasonable amount of money. You can rent out a whole theater. So how do we take that into account? For years, all studios have given away free tickets to be given away through various giveaway opportunities. That's always happened. That's always been the case. And guess what? If they're giving a ticket away, that means that they're not having it be purchased, which means that does not account for the tickets that are being bought. Now, I know that some have said, well, Disney has played around with its theme park numbers. Okay. And from what I've heard, that was being investigated. I haven't really heard much about the conclusions of that investigation, by the way. So it was allegations, and I don't even know if they've actually been proven because I've never heard a follow-up to that story of them double-counting theme park numbers. But also, even if it were true, that does not mean that they are doing it for their movies. That, that is not proof that they are doing it. I think that we have just come to a position where so many of us are so very quick to hate Disney. And hey, I'm one of the first ones out there. I call them out every single time. I, I always try to mention the fact that they are working hand in glove with the CCP, funding them, giving them millions upon millions of dollars to be able to fund their human rights violations, including the enslavement of the Uyghur Muslim population, forced labor camps, among many other atrocities. I am no Disney defender. And that, that's why I get so triggered by it. Because we don't need to go after them for fake things. We don't need to go after them for false stories. We got plenty of things to go after them for. And it looks like they're already feeling the heat of our choice to not watch and consume their product on the same level. 
There's a lot of reports about Bob Chapik and cutting uh, cutting a lot of jobs and, and other things like it. So, hey, it's being felt. It's being heard. That doesn't mean, though, that this individual movie is not still being financially successful. John Evan Bear says, I think the Disney buying out theater seats conspiracy started with Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That That's really where it came to fruition. And I remember I was... I felt like I was the only one fighting against that conspiracy. I really honestly was like, am I the only one here who's not buying this and who, who can easily show why why it's not true? Because the other thing that also happened, some people forget this. Remember when theaters first reopened after COVID? One of the one of the things they implemented to try and make it more enticing for people to come back. And I actually didn't mind this one as much, to be perfectly honest. What they did was, when you bought a seat, it blacked out the seats right next to you and the ones that were in front of you and behind you, basically creating a safe space for health reasons. (laughs) So is it without or is it outside of the realm of possibility that there also could still be theaters in some of these crazy cities that might still be doing that? It's possible. Now again, when it's the entire row, there's usually a very good reason for that and it typically has to do with them trying to ensure that if the film they suspect will sell out, doesn't sell out so they have those tickets available if they need to actually uh, sell them in the future. Um, over on uh, Odyssey, we, thanks for tagging, man, uh, he says, Smile and Barbarian are both on VOD and waiting for Odin's reviews. Yeah, um, so Barbarian, I'm pretty sh- I thought I did a review for uh, Barbarian. I'm pretty sure that I did a review for Barbarian. Maybe I didn't. Is that, still on my, <laughs> is that still on my to-do list? I was supposed to do a review for Barbarian. Maybe I didn't. Let me, let me go ahead and look, look back into the old uh, <laughs> catalog here. No, I did my I did the one for Medieval and see how they run. Oh, what do you know? I want to say I maybe did a mini review during a stream one day, though. I have to do a dedicated review for, for Barbarian. Oh, man. Forgot to do that one. Um, I'm hoping to get a review copy for Smile. I'm hoping to get a digital copy for Smile. Um, if, if not, then I will... I, I'm definitely interested in getting that one at some point because I've heard so many good things about it. Uh, but yeah, we thank you very much for the reminder of that. Again, if you comment or question, no matter what platform you're on, just put at O in the very beginning of your comment. Um, because again, I am going between Odyssey, Rumble, and YouTube, and it's the best way for me to be able to decipher who's trying to talk to me and who's just talking to somebody else. Kincaid Rumsky says here, good theory. So if you had to guesstimate, how much larger would you say the MCU normies base is compared to the DCU normie base? Well, I guess... It's hard to say as far as like a quantifiable uh, standard number, but let's just say if if the standard is Marvel, so let's say Marvel is the standard with the normies and it is at a 10, DCEU, you're looking at it being like a four. I'm just being honest as far as like comparison population wise. And, and the best way that we can really show that is you look to the DCEU movies Right again, movies that are specifically within the DC extended universe. This would not include films like Joker because they made it clear saying that's not a part of this universe. It's a separate entity. Guess what? That film made a billion dollars and that was a rated R movie to boot. But talking about, you know, the Man of Steel's and the um, Batman v Superman's and all of those, 
they are not nearly as successful as properties like that should be. But it's because of a lot of mismanagement. It's because of a lot of just creating product that are not widely accessible. Unless you're a diehard DCU stand or or more specifically a Snyder stand. That is, again, they're a very powerful group. They were able to wilt into existence the Snyder Cut, right? They were able to get that out. Um, so they're very, very vocal. But ultimately, it's it's definitely not a, as, as large of a portion of the audience that MCU has as a standard starting. So again, if I if 10 is the standard from the MCU, and again, I'm just making that as just a, as a comparison, DCEU, you're looking at probably a comparison as, as like a 4, something like that. If that makes sense. Forever Sci-Fi says, Marvel is running on good credit, built up over a decade still. Exactly Forever Sci-Fi. They are still running on that good credit. But what each of these movies shows is that they are very clearly losing it. And again, if Black Panther, if Black Panther ends up at half of what the first film did, that is even more evidence. Even more evidence. Because again, what I saw at the beginning of the summer with, with Doctor Strange, it seemed like people were like, okay, this is the return of the MCU. Things are going back to normal. It came out, had a massive opening weekend, like $450 million worldwide opening weekend, far more than what we see for Black Panther here. And it ended up making $950 million. That movie, based on those numbers, that movie should have, that movie should have been a billion dollar film. But because it was not good and had very bad word of mouth, even though it made a mass amount of money in the first two weeks, it, it dropped off very quickly after that. So what went to being what should have been a billion dollar film ended up being a $950 million film, which is, again, still a success, still box office revenue, but not nearly as good as it could have been. You then jump forward to Thor Love and Thunder, okay, 750 you're now at Black Panther, which theoretically should have been higher than Love and Thunder, looking like it's probably going to end around the same amount on these early numbers. So their audience is, is slowly decreasing. Just think about this, too. The next major release that I'm aware of in theaters is going to be Ant-Man. Ant-Man has never been a massive franchise. As far as MCU is concerned, that has always been one of the smaller players. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see. Does that continue the trend and do a little bit worse than some of the previous ones? And then after that, you got the Marvels. Now, here's here's my theory for the Marvels. I think that with some of the rumblings with the firings by Bob Chapik and all these other stuff, right? You know, seemingly going in a direction. Who knows? Who knows what is and what isn't true or, or what is or what isn't going to happen. But I, I would do not be surprised if the Marvels either gets one delayed or two if we find out that they are bringing back certain actors to try to artificially inflate it to say, oh, well, we are losing members here. We need to get things back on track. Brie Larson's not going to be able to carry this. Kamala Khan, no one saw that show. So essentially, they kind of need to make the Marvels into what was what had happened with the Captain, Mar- Captain America movies, right? Civil War, for instance. It was kind of a mini Avengers movie. That's kind of what they would need to do. So don't be surprised if that's what they try. 
Do not be surprised if that's what they try to do. By the way, Ingrid Plaza, thank you for the $10 super chat and says, thank you for saying this. I think some people want Disney to bomb so badly it clouds their objectivity. I think the rhetoric about voter fraud for has added to some of these people's paranormal thoughts. Well, obviously, we're, we're mixing two different issues there, Ingrid Plaza. Thank you for the super chat, and I, I appreciate the, the kind words. Um, so I won't go that far as far as correlations um, because, I th- again, I think that's just – again, I think that they're very just different topics. What I will say, though, is I do definitely think – and I think I even said that. I do think some people are allowing their hatred of Disney to cloud their judgment. To, to, to come to conclusions, to be ready to accept or find any reason they can think of as to why a film isn't doing well. So, again, I can understand to a certain extent, Ingrid, where you're coming from as far as similar mindsets. But I, I definitely – that would be like saying that there's somehow an equivalency and I'm, I'm just highly doubtful. Again, I'm just very highly doubtful that the people who are bringing these different things up are – automatically going to also be those that have questions about the fortifications of elections. That's <laughs> one likes to say. Um, I see a lot of conversations happening over on Odyssey. And again, remember, no matter who you are on Odyssey, at Odin, put at Odin at the beginning of the comment if you want me to actually read it. If not, I'm just assuming you're talking to each other. I've got so many text boxes open in front of me right now. That's the only thing that can keep me sane and to and to keep me know where I am in any situation. So if you're wondering why I'm not responding to someone on Odyssey, it's not because I'm ignoring anyone by choice. It's that all I've been seeing are comments that don't have at Odin at the beginning of it. Happy to respond to or read any of the comments as long as, long as you just put at Odin. It's a simple request from a, from a very simple man, as a wise man once said. Mike Healy. How do you think Creed 3 will do with no Stallone? Yeah, um, I think the lack of Stallone is going to impact it because the Rocky fans, the hardcore Rocky base, I don't expect to show up as nearly the same numbers as they had been from the others. Not to mention, it's coming off of Creed 2, which in my opinion was very bad. I actually liked the first Creed. I thought the first Creed was pretty good. The second Creed, not good. So I, I think that, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where that film ends up. Um, I I have not seen any indications as far as early buzz surrounding the movie, so it's hard for me to say. The trailer is fine, but really nothing that much to write home about. So, yeah, I I think that I think that ultimately it will do less than the the other creeds. I think, but again. Very early assessment. I'll have to wait for actual data to, to come in. Dan Crane, what's going on? Welcome back. Uh, Dan Crane, also, thank you for being a member for seven months at the Citizen of Asgardian level. I very much appreciate it. G-Man, what's going on? Thanks for being here. John Evan Bear, tag to say, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula was released on November 13th, 92. Why do you think it was released in November instead of October? If anything, it could have been the fact, it could have been, I don't know much about what was being released in 92, it could have been that there were major films coming out in October of that year, and they didn't think the film was going to be able to stand up 
as as well. So they did it for financial reasons. It could also just have been maybe there were delays in the production, which forced them to push it back. There's practical reasons that could could totally lead up to it. Uh, we over on uh, Odyssey says dozens of chat windows open along with multiple browser windows equals blue screen of death incoming. Uh, it shouldn't. I have 32 gigs of RAM, so it shouldn't happen. My my computer should be strong enough, and this is I this is how I run almost all the streams, and I have not had that happen yet. So, uh, King Game Runchki over on Rumble tried to say good info. Thanks. So, if the normies' bases are MCU 10, DCU 4, what do you predict in 2023 for both of these universes? I I, I honestly think that both of them are going to see declines. I think that we're seeing that. Keep him, Again, keep this in mind with the DCEU. If you look to a movie like Wonder Woman 1984, there's actually a lot of reasons to explain why that film was a financial flop at the box office. It did come out during the midst of like core COVID time when a lot of theaters were still closed and they were doing the day-and-date release on HBO. So there were still a lot of reasons to why the film... Uh, realistically flop, not to mention the fact the movie sucked. So I think that when you look to a film like Black Adam, if this movie, which right now it is tracking to flop, if, if this movie continues to track in this way and does end up as a box office flop, that does not bode well for any of their future projects. The only, the only chance it has is there's rumors that the guy who's taken over Warner Brothers is looking to spend less money on these projects. That honestly might be the only thing that they have. Spending less, trying to make as much, hopefully more, by making better movies. Maybe, 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 maybe. MCU is on the downward trend. We're already seeing that even with with Wakanda Forever, even though it is said, again, to make its money back and to make some decent profit. To be half of what it was in the original film, not good. Your average patriot nerd, what is going on? Thanks for being in the chat. Uh, Abomination over on Odyssey just says, Orange soda. Kel loves orange soda. Is it true? Mm-hmm. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Ooh. You're welcome. Thunderduck says, Have you seen Miss Marvel? The show? Unfortunately. I, I suffered through it for Friday Night Tights, and then we never talked about it. Yes, I have unfortunately seen the entire series of Miss Marvel, and good goodness gracious. And that's why, as I said, the Marvels, Brie Larson, Miss Marvel, which nobody saw and nobody cares about, they're gonna if that film's gonna make any money, they're gonna have to basically throw like I'm talking like they're gonna have to pull out. Chris Evans coming back and uh, uh, even less, you know, obviously Chris Evans is, but they would have to get like Tony Stark coming back in some way. Like again, they would have to make it a huge event movie similar to like a civil war where it becomes essentially a, uh, a, uh, a, a mini Avengers film. Heck you could even see them throwing Spider-Man in that's really the only way that film makes any money is if they do that. I mean, you know. By the way, uh, Victor Fontaine, I saw that in the live chat. I did not say that the movie sucked. I don't know if you responded to somebody else. I was just trying to explain why uh, the film would have been released when it was. So, all right. So 
So chat has jumped on me like it always does. Let us see what is going on over here. Again, I hope David Zaslav, I, I really hope that he is able to turn the company around because I don't, it's not that I care about the DCEU. It's that I would love for there to be good movies. I would love for there to be good superhero movies. You know, we, we keep hearing a lot of people are starting to kind of accept this, that uh, that the air the era and the age of the superhero film is over. And though I can understand that to an extent, right, talking there about, you know, oh, well, it seems that there's fatigue. I think it's 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 I think it's just fatigue for bad movies. It's fatigue for bad movies, bad formulaic CGI fest films that just don't have a lot to say. So I hope Zaslav can get things together with the Warner Brothers because if they can start producing actual good movies for a fair production budget and not overspending like they have on almost all their projects. Souls asking what's going on. Kili Chow, what's going on? Baby Thor doing fine, as is the wife. John Evan Bear, time to say, I would consider my, my older brother an MCU stan. He liked every Marvel movie released in Phase 4, but he also has bad taste in movies, including his love for Bayformers. Exactly. They exist. They exist. Remember, these movies do make money, for the most part. And just because a bad movie, even an objectively bad movie, is is making money does not mean that there's some giant conspiracy behind the scenes that somehow the studio's buying tickets to make it look like they're doing well. Again, no one can actually prove that and anything they can prove can at the very mo- at, at the most can account for a very small amount of money, not anywhere near the amount that they're trying to suggest it to do. Over on Odyssey Abomination, Ty to say, MCU only needs She-Hulk. Even if they showed She-Hulk dying, you would just have her voice over going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't just die like that. You writers need to make this story so that I am all awesome and I get to smash Matt Murdock again. Exactly. I'm sure everyone wants that, right? Yeah, maybe, Abomination, you might be onto something. Maybe that's how they make the Marvel successful. Successful. It's not by bringing back major names like Robert Downey Jr. It's by bringing <laughs> bringing into the MCU officially, like as far as again the cinematic universe of a movie. Yeah, bring She-Hulk in. Mm. Imagine She-Hulk and Brie Larson, Captain Marvel on the screen at the same time. Ugh. Ugh. That would be one of the most beautiful things ever. I don't think anything could ever get better. <laughs> All right, back over into the YouTube chat again. Thanks for hanging out tonight. Please smash that like button and light up that fire button as well. We are hopping, hopping tonight. Kili Chow, thank you again for being here. Uh, Miss Martin Muses, thank you so very much for that lovely rose super sticker. I appreciate it. By the way, happy feast of St. Albert the Great, the teacher, the great theologian, Thomas Aquinas. All righty then. Where are we? Rosie G is going to be right back. Melissa, what's going on? Thanks for being here. Keely Chow says, I'd rather watch Bayformers than Phase 4 of the MCU. I would rather do neither. Uh, Gary Banjo Sandwich, what's going on? He says, greetings from the UK. What's going on? John the Carney just says, oh, what's going on, brother? Good to see you in the chat. All right. 
Melissa says, white people were told not to come to see this movie opening weekend. Would this affect its opening? No. No, it wouldn't. Because who honestly would have taken that seriously? The only people that would have actually said, oh, yes, we we need to not show up this weekend because we need to create a safe space for, for the people going to see it. The only people that would actually buy that garbage are morons. And I don't like to throw names like that around often. I, I tend to try to, <laughs> to, to, to to usually bring about better points and argumentation. But ultimately, if you're someone that's going to actually buy that garbage, you're probably a white liberal college student who buys every single thing their college professor is selling them. Oh, and by the way, that same student will also have a degree that they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on that's going to be completely worthless by the end of it. Those are the only people that actually heard that and actually listened to it and actually cared. Everyone else either, again, keep this in mind, I guarantee you the vast majority of people, if you were to tell that to them, go to the average moviegoer and say, oh, what do you think about this? They're going to say, what the hell are you talking about? They're not going to know what you're talking about. They're, they don't follow this stuff. They, they're the kind of person where they just go to they just go to Rotten Tomatoes and they say, well, Rotten Tomatoes says it's good. I'm going to go see it. There's a lot of people that still do that. I think I've given this example before. The guy spraying bugs around the house. Had a you know, one random time he came, had a casual conversation. He saw the setup in here and asked about movies. And then I, I mentioned uh, a new movie coming out. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes says it's pretty good. Trust me. These people exist. They, they exist in mass. They are not... As 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 well read on these issues as we are, uh, you average patriot nerd. Some movies are so bad they become laughably good. Batman and Robin, for example. I agree. I don't think that really fits the ones that we're talking about here. Average patriot nerd says I refuse to give Disney money. Period. Hey, I respect that decision. Gary Banjo sandwich. My friend is the priest in R.I.P.D. Two. Again, I I'm just going to choose that R.I.P.D. Two doesn't actually exist because how in the world. Did that film get a sequel? That's what I want to know. Over on Odyssey, Thunderduck says, what Marvel TV show do you like best? Which one did you enjoy the most? Well, I, again, I, I really didn't enjoy any of them. Um, I'm going to say the first three episodes of WandaVision were actually entertaining. I, I, I actually enjoyed how they were recreating like old school television um, setups. The first episode and second episode especially. The third is when they start to add in some of these weird things to show that it's an illusion of kinds in the story. The actual story starts, and when the story starts, it all falls apart because it's just so, so stupid and dumb. Up until that point, though, it was very intriguing. So, yeah, I'll, I'll actually say... the Because that's the only thing I'm going to say. Because as far as the entire shows are concerned, there's not a single good MCU show. That actually got from beginning to end un- untainted. Because I-, I would actually say the very beginning of Thor, uh, sorry, the very beginning of, of Loki was actually somewhat intriguing as well. But that didn't last very long either. <laughs> and where we go from there, we-, we got what? Hawkeye, which was not Hawkeye, it was the Kate Bishop show. Th- that show was incredibly bl- bland and forgettable. So, anyway. 
that's the only that's the only things I can really say is that there were a couple of episodes, typically in the very beginning, that that were that were enjoyable to a point, and then from there, it, once the actual story starts, it just falls off. Let's see, Abomination over on Odyssey tag to say Brie Larson and She-Hulk could complete could compete against each other, and Captain Marvel tries to punch through an asteroid, but She-Hulk just has the writers swap the asteroid for a black hole to remove Cap Creepy Toes, and She-Hulk wins by default. There's a lot of different things they could do, for sure. Let's see, uh, Ingrid Plaza, thank you for the five dollars super chat. Says you may have answered this, but do you have any interest in seeing Tar? I've heard good things. I, I keep seeing it uh, mentioned whenever I do my box office breakdowns. I see it listed because I believe it's a film that's already out. Let's see. So I honestly don't know enough about it to have much interest. So Kate Blanchett's in it. Mark Strong. Okay, I like that casting at the very least. Todd Field directing. I don't know much about him as a, let's see, he hasn't really directed much, so that sounds like, yeah, it seems as as indie as indie can get. See, the film set in the international world of classical music centers on Lydia Tarr, widely considered one of the greatest living composer and conductors, and first ever female chief conductor of a major German orchestra. I'm just gonna be honest; it doesn't really just—it doesn't really sound like my cup of tea. Um, it, it just seems very—it <laughs> just seems almost too specific. Um, I'm in, I would be intrigued though to see uh, Kate Blanchett's performance. I do like her as an actress. Uh, as far as her her talent is concerned, so I've not seen it. I don't have plans to see it, but uh, if it became available on a streaming service, I, I might give it a shot. I might give it a shot. You never know. Over on Rumble, Ken Kane Rumsky says, uh, "Out of the box question: Is Hollywood getting any competition in the USA for movie making?" Atlanta, Georgia, maybe. So when we say Hollywood, keep this in mind that that includes all of the on that that includes all of the locations in the United States, right? So the productions are, are based typically in in LA to some extent, right? The studios are based in LA. Um but yeah, I would say out of all of the states, most movies actually are filmed in Georgia because I believe there are still good tax incentives and tax credits that these studios can get while they're working there. Um, but it's not that Georgia is producing the films themselves, right? These are people that are traveling from California, typically, to Georgia to use the area to film there because it's cost-effective, but the studios are still in... in, uh, in <laughs> there's, they are still in... Um, what's it called? California. California, as we like to call it. Alice McCarthy says, RIPD2 is on VOD, and if I disappear, it's because I fell asleep. My doc thinks I have sleep apnea, and I tend to fall asleep randomly. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, VOD, meaning it's a film I will probably never watch. Uh, Victor Fontaine says, tough question. Uh, is the $1.3 billion falloff to $700 million of the first Black Panther to the second due to Marvel popularity falling, or only 50% of the audience is returning to theaters? Are they tied together? I'm going to say no. And the greatest example, the greatest piece of evidence to suggest that is Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick made $1.5 billion 
based off of its opening weekend, it shouldn't have. It did because people saw the film, loved the film, saw it multiple times, loved it enough to tell people to go see it. And so I think you had a lot of people who had not seen a movie in a very long time finally seeing a movie again. And I know there's even people on the channel in the in the comments section who are who are those people. Like the first theatrical film they saw since COVID uh, for many people was actually Top Gun Maverick. That's the one that actually got them to leave uh, their house and to actually want to spend the money to go see it in a, in a theater. By the way, Big Ro- Big Raj, thank you very much for that super sticker. I really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it has. Obviously, there is a level of how much audience has not yet returned or does not yet feel comfortable. But based on the last one, this was still months ago, I think, when I last saw it mentioned, Deadline would bring it up in their articles that there was the po- this polling that was being done about the movie going populist, how comfortable are you going to see a movie? It was upwards of 80%, and that was like a couple of at least two to three months ago. So the vast majority of the movie-going population are fine and comfortable going back to the theater. The, the other factor is the people who, because it's now out of practice for them to go see movies, are choosing to rather stay at home because they're trying to save money. It, it's impossible to determine what that number is. But what that means then, Victor, is that this movie is not only losing half of its audience... It's at the very least not enticing anyone or enticing as many people to be willing to spend the money on it. So in either capacity, it's showing a loss and losing interest in the platform and in the universe itself. Rob D. Tad say hello. Odin, I would say the success of One Piece is because Japan is highly patriotic towards their country's content, and also non-Japanese content is heavily suppressed, not advertised. Exactly, Rob D. And that's why, as I said, I, I don't know exactly the situation, because I, I, I saw videos pop up, you know, videos galore pop up about how Black Panther lost in Japan to a Japanese film, and um, again, I don't really find that to be much news, because most films that have films that come from their own country those tend to do better just like when we have films that get released that are from hollywood here they tend to do better than any foreign language or foreign language film that comes here (laughs) again it's common sense general wingster what's going on hail to you we over on odyssey says prepare to suffer tar is on voodoo and prime video yes but is it available for free is it is it for free on on Prime Video? And I wouldn't say prepare to suffer, because I don't know if it's good or not. I can't say if it's good or not. Mister Roy, what's going on? Hail to you, Rob D. Time to say, have you thought uh, making a parody channel where you just pretend to shill for films and then say that OMB Reviews guy doesn't know he's talking about? Not really. Uh, and it's mostly because I already have a second channel that's dedicated to politics and news, and I, <laughs> I haven't uploaded anything there in months because I just don't have the time. Um, ultimately, it comes down to I have enough time and mental capacity to dedicate box office and movie reviews and then the live streams. Other than that, I'm spending time with family. As you all know, family comes first. I, I have a full-time job. That also comes first as well. And so I, I try and watch things when I can. I try and 
um, you know, make myself as available as I can. I was able to do, by the way, if you have not checked out uh, Maxfield Von, Pre- uh, Von Priestley, uh, MVP, uh, hopefully you know his channel. If you don't, check it out. I, I did a video with him, two videos with him, actually. The, the first one just came out the other day. We had a really great discussion about Christian uh, Christians themselves being negatively portrayed in pop culture, uh, specifically within comics and also with, within other mediums. It's a really, really good discussion. It was great talking with him. So, again, shout out to Max. Uh, again, love, 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 love the conversations we had and uh, can't wait for the second episode uh, where we continue that conversation to come out as well. Let's see, Jacob Ironside had to say, "Evening, Sir Black Panther, Wakanda Nevermore." Ah, well, thank you. I will assume those were kind words. By the way, thanks again, Culture Casino, for that super chat earlier. I just want to make sure that I could highlight it. And yeah, I, I definitely think that eight hundred million dollars is is within the cards for the film. Um, and again, it's because right now it's looking like it's going to get to five hundred million worldwide by the end of this weekend. And uh, I'll, again, I'll, I'll be able to make some projections. I'll be able to make some projections. And I guess to try and, and give maybe some explication, uh, again, I won't stay on this for too long, but for anyone who maybe hasn't ever read my charting or doesn't exactly know what's going on with my charting, so the way it works is that uh, years ago at this point, it's insane, it's been years, I decided to, when I was covering box office, I first started off by saying, okay, how much money do do movies actually make right how much does it actually cost to make a movie where do i get marketing costs what percentage of the um of the box office receipts the studios typically get all that kind of stuff and over the course of doing that i decided to take a sample size of movies and say all right well i'm starting to track these movies i'm starting to track their opening weekends i'm wondering if there's a correlation because we always talk about the week two drop right so I was like, I wonder if there's a correlation or if there's some way that I can use this, this, this second weekend number to predict within at least a range of what a film might do. And so that's where I came up with this model. So to try to simplify it as best I can, the first two weeks of a movie are always crucial because this is how to read the chart. Most movies will make around 70% of the entirety of their box office within the first two weeks. Or, if they have very good legs, they will actually have 50% of their entire box office in the first two weeks. That would mean it doubles its box office. And so I found that most films that I was looking into actually fell within this range, between 70 and 50. Now, there are, of course, exceptions. There are some films that perform much better than this. Uh, Top Gun Maverick is a great example uh, the some the where the crawdads sing, great example, right? Those were actually in the 30s, uh, but that number, that percentage, that's compared to its first two weeks, meaning the first two weeks account for X percentage of the entire box office. And so, with that number, I was able to figure out this system where okay, we we take a film like this in Pray for the Devil. It had $15 million by the end of its second weekend. So based off of historical standards, that means the film's end number will likely be somewhere between 22 and 31. Meaning that 15 million is 70% of 22 million. 15 million is 50% of 31 million. So that's where I get those numbers from. And most films fall somewhere 
within that range. And so that is the reason why next weekend, when the second weekend numbers come in again, if this film falls at $500 million, right? Let, let's just assume that for a second. That means if it's exactly at $500 million, the max that I would predict for it would be would be a billion dollars. Now, just because it's being predicted as a range, as a top end of the range, doesn't mean that it's a likelihood. Again, that, that would be if it doubled its money. And it's not looking like that's going to happen based off of the legs we're seeing at this rate. This would be the low end, 70%. And again, my, I'm doing quick math off the top of my head. That would put the film closer to seven hundred to 800000 or so. Um, and again, let me see if I can find an example to kind of showcase that. All right, boom, there we go. Thor 11 Thunder. It got to $497 million by the end of its second weekend, roughly around $500 million. Oh, what do you know? $711 million to $995 million was the actual range. What did it make? Around $740, So as you can see, that's a great example about how these films do fall typically within those numbers. Not always, but typically on average, that, that's, that, that's the range for them. So again, if, if Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, gets roughly around this amount of money, we can likely expect it to make similar money to what we found in uh, Thor Love and Thunder. So we'll have to wait and see, though. Right, there's still a lot of factors that are uh, that are at play. Alrighty then, let us see. Thunderduck says, "What did you like about She-Hulk?" I know, tough one. Nothing. There, 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 there is not a single thing that I liked about She-Hulk. <laughs> I'm actually being honest. I'm normally, I'm normally able to think of at least one thing that I can praise. I, I honestly can't think of anything. There's not really a single thing that at least I can think of. Maybe someone else has something, but but I, I can't think of much. I can't think much of anything. Anyway, back into the YouTube chat. We've got about 13 minutes left in the show. Culture Casino, thank you again for stopping by. Greta, what's going on, Greta? Hail to you. Thanks for being here. J.S. Pena, in the words of supervillain Brainiac, unfortunate but predictable. Yeah, input latency. Hail and God bless, peeps. Today's a good day. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. The uh, Cavill effect is quietly is is quietly a myth. Yeah. Again, here's the other thing too. If if he had been in the movie, like actually in the movie, then it would have been an impact. I don't know how much of an impact, but it would have had one. Him just being in the mid credit scene. Guess what? People can get that almost immediately and they don't have to go and watch a two hour bad movie to get there. So (laughs) yeah, I don't know why there were people who thought that that was going to be a major factor. Uh, We over on Odyssey says it being a short series is a good thing about She-Hulk that you should like. (laughs) Yeah, but that's more of that's more external to the show itself. I felt like the question was more about anything about the actual show. Um, other than the length of it. <laughs> uh, Rosie G says, I wonder how many people at this stream saw Wakanda. I haven't. Again, and this is the reason why. This is kind of getting back to the point that Ingrid Plaza was making earlier. All right? And this is interesting, too. I've seen the polls that people put up in, in, a, lot of these, uh, in a lot of these chats. 
whether it be Geeks and Gamers, whether it be Friday Night Tights, of have you seen it? Are you wanting to go see it? The vast majority, like 70% plus of the audiences that, that watch us do not watch these movies. So in that environment, then guess what? It makes sense for us to think that no one's going to see it. But we have to remember that there are millions of people outside of the fellowship. And many of them don't know about the things that are going on that we do or care. Rob D. The DCU has had many missteps. People were divided on Man of Steel. Warner Brothers decided to cut version of BVS to release in theaters. Justice League was rushed out. Yeah, and guess what? When you go to the extended cut of BVS and Justice League, they're still not good. Only hardcore DCU stands and hardcore Snyder fans really like those movies. Let's just be honest. Uh, Mark Scannell, MCU had a better start than DCU. Also, Phase 1 and 3 MCU was well-received. That helps explain why the MCU has a larger audience than the DCU at the moment. And Black Panther 2 does better than Black Adam. No, exactly. As I said, right? They were able to build... We had mentioned that earlier, right? They have a lot more goodwill built up with fans over the course of many, many years. Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan, how about a hockey player? I have zero interest in seeing Wakanda forever. Yep. Totally understand. Rob D says, don't worry, Odin. I'm with you on being against the Disney box office conspiracy. I think you know that by now my comments on your last, by the, I think you know that by my comments on your last Wakanda Forever video. Oh yeah. Uh, there's been a few people who have actually been, you know, helping me wage the war against the, again, the people who are buying into the conspiracies. But again, it's amazing, right? Because DCEU stands think that I'm against them. And in a way, I guess I am, but I'm also not pro-MCU Stan either. So I'm against both, because both are, when we say Stan, it just means an unreasonable and down, dang near obsessive nature, where they believe basically anything that comes forth from MCU, DCU um, is gold and, and, and can't be bad. Usually they lack the ability to do critical thinking. Um and so you have that factor, and then you have the, the, the conspiracy comments, too, where, again, there are good people out there that I thoroughly uh, enjoy and support who I think are giving bad information or at the very least are putting bad ideas out there that are being picked up. If Lanzi says, misspelled own last comment. No problem at all, brother. No problem at all. All right. Chat jumped on me like it always does. And again, I do appreciate y'all hanging out with me tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and get through these comments. Harik says, Top Gun Maverick, after Top Gun Maverick, it's easy to forget Captain Marvel's attempt to cash in on Top Gun nostalgia, Goose the Cat, and the attempt to make high further faster and the new need for speed. Yeah, that's just a thing, though. It's hard for me to see that as actually a, a, a really... <laughs> I don't think the vast majority of people who went to go see it either picked up on it or at the very least that they even cared. Basically saying, that's not what got people out to go see it. <laughs> that was just a marketing tact on their point. And again, I don't think that's the reason why it did as well as it did. 
Howard says, uh, your video with MVP today reminded me how I saw a reviewer who complained that King Arthur was so over-the-top anti-Christian that it even bothered him, and he's a Norse neo-pagan. What's interesting about that, though, is that though I definitely think one could say that there are anti-Christian elements to it, when you look to the character of, Arth- of Arthur, I-, I think that Arthur is kind of the balance to that. Because you have a lot of these characters around him in the movie that are very much against Christians and the portrayal of Christians as being very rigorous and, and just, uh, you know, especially that one sequence where they're showing the, 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 the children, you know, and the people who were just left to die. Oh, you know, I, I think that absolutely one can, can definitely pick up the anti-Christian vibes from it. But I, I, there's, there are quotes from that movie, specifically from Clive Owen's King Arthur, that I do think, I don't know, I, I always go back to. I don't know. Hugo M. What's up? I don't care whatsoever about Creed 3, says Alex McCarthy. Only watch Rocky for no Stallone, no Alex. You say that now, David L. Wakanda Forever may be the best empowerment since the 355, to quote Charlie Sheen winning. Stephen Mack, what's going on? Welcome. Alex McCarthy says, I don't care for Miss Marvel. You say that now. A goat says Marvel films are not diverse enough. There are 157 genders, and all the movies and shows have had uh, the two cisgenders that doctors assign at birth. What are wh- where are the in- Inuits? Um, I'm offended by that because over the last few seconds of me reading that comment, another 20 genders have been added on. So you, sir, a goat, are uh, are, are a hater. Uh, Jeremiah Ferrer says I think people want to hate Marvel. Doctor Strange is ahead only because no way home so we'll see black panther does this weekend i think it drops 50 percent, then 1 billion but probably 900 to a billion i uh oh i don't mm-mm, no 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 i think that's out of the cards at this point um again i'll i'll wait for the numbers too and if the numbers come out to be better than expected as i said if it comes out and if it's at 500 million dollars like thor 11 thunder was you're looking at a billion dollars tops it does have that advantage of being out for about a month or so without competition. So that's why, as I said, I think that the film's still going to do well. But it is right now not tracking. It's not tracking anywhere near where Doctor Strange was. And, and since it's not tracking anywhere near Doctor Strange, that tells me that it's, it's, it's going to fall short by, by quite a bit. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, says Hollywood doesn't have a replacement for the superhero uh, for the superhero movie. I don't see any genre overtaking it. Yeah, usually you don't until you know after a while. He says, "I think we're kind of forever. First hour is slow, but the second hour is amazing to show what happens when you write good characters and care about your movie." Uh, Jeremiah, dude, I, I think you're just way off base with that man. I really think you're way off base. I don't know what movie you were watching because it was not the same movie that I was watching. You have really, really bad character design, character arcs. Um, the acting is good. I, I, I do give it that. There is good acting. But the pacing of the film is garbage. The pacing of the film is garbage. It is incredibly boring. The sequences themselves are actually very much chopped together. I mean, in the very beginning, when you have uh, the queen speaking to the French and American ambassador, whoever... There's these sequences where they're cutting back and forth. It is so unnaturally choppy. It makes it seem like it's an error in the movie. 
So again, I don't know what movie you're watching. You're entitled to, to like whatever you want to like, but objectively speaking, the film is not good. Miss Martin Muses, again, thank you for that from earlier. I appreciate it. Ingrid Plaza, again, thank you as well. Big Raj, thank you also very much for your lovely, lovely comments. Down to 53 people watching. Thank you all very much again. Wayward Noodle was in the chat. Hail to you. As we wrap things up for the evening, let's see. Hardwick says, Chris Gore strongly praised Tar. Yeah, Chris Gore, I, 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 I usually, I tend to agree, or at least I, I tend to trust Chris Gore's opinions. But just like with anyone, right? And just like with me too. You don't always have... Um, not everyone's going to be able to give a a trustworthy or... That's the word I'm looking for. Not everyone's opinion is going to be completely going to be relevant to every single person, you know? Uh, we says a movie called Profit comes out Friday. It's about Cardinal Stefan uh, Wyszynski. Story sets the stage of a dramatic rise of John Paul II, the fall of communism in Europe. Who is the prophetic man who battled evil and saw a son of Poland rising? Yeah, dude, I saw that. I saw that's coming out Thursday. I'm tempted to go see it Thursday. I am actually tempted to go see it. It, it seems to have my name written all over it. Um, it, one of the problems is that it's one of these special releases, and so my AMC A list doesn't cover it. Um, but yeah, it's it's one that I'm thinking about seeing. It's definitely on my radar. Uh, Rob D says the uh, for the Marvels, the writers just need to include a 30 minute scene in the middle of the film of She Hulk twerking her CGI <laughs> instant billion. Of course, of course. <laughs> Let's see, average patriot nerd, you have a good night. Kimberly G, I saw Maverick because good word of mouth, not wasting money in garbage movies, and I think that's where a huge portion of people are at this point in time. River Sci-Fi says, good luck to anyone in Buffalo uh, where they're expecting three to six feet of snow, also possible thunder snow. Well, yeah, absolutely. Praying for anyone in this weather. Uh, Mike Jackson says, I uh, like that She-Hulk, Odin, like that She-Hulk was over. I know you did. Yeah, I, I will say that much. Michael Hill, who's a member, says, I couldn't make it through the first Black Panther after three attempts. Not even thinking about seeing this uh, this one. Yeah, the first one's not all that great either. Again, it got a lot of praise, and it, it's. I think I generously gave it a B minus at the time. And again, a lot of it came down to acting. At least the pacing in the first film was was competent. Second film, just no. Second film has some of the worst pacing I've seen. All right. Anyway, with all that being said, we're just right about at time. Uh, let me check and see if any other comments. So, yeah, if you're watching on Rumble, before you leave, please make sure you smash that Rumble button. It really does help out a lot. If you're on Odyssey, light up that fire button. And if you're on YouTube, please make sure that you smash that like button. It really does mean a lot. Um, again, thank you all for, for being here today. This has been a ton of fun. Uh, low watermark coming in at the very end with a $20 don donation via Streamlabs. So thank you very much, low watermark. I appreciate the support there. Good, sir. Um, really does mean a lot. Uh, I am, of course, I'm just reminded of the fact that, uh, normally at the end of the stream, I get excited because usually there's ice cream for me to look forward to. Unfortunately, I'm out of ice cream. Um, but I think a, a nice, a nice mug of chocolate milk with some, with some, buttery and salty popcorn. Oh, I think that might just uh, might just make me excited. I know that there might be some people out there, by the way. There might be some people out there who are excited because apparently there's going to be a big announcement from a political campaign tonight. Um, 
we're, we're not really getting too much into politics with the end of the show. I just wanted to say, whatever that announcement is, I hope it makes people happy because I want people to be happy. And I, I, I really hope that ultimately we can come together and we can work together because that's the only way anything's ever going to get done. We need to come together. We need to be able to, um, to work together and set our differences aside. Sometimes that can be a very different thing, uh, rather a very, a very difficult thing. Uh, but anyway, I hope that tonight was able to dispel of some of the conspiracy theories being put out there about the box office. Again, Disney is not buying tickets. There's no evidence of that whatsoever, just like there was no evidence of that back when they were saying it with Captain Marvel. But right now, the movie is looking like it will break even, that it will make profit. But it's also looking like the film will have probably half of what it made in the first movie, which I think spells trouble for the MCU going forward. In addition to that, Black Adam is right now not very is not tracking very well. Now, some people, I think I saw some random comments mentioning uh, Japan that it's set to release in Japan later on uh, in its in its release or something to that effect. I just want you to keep this in mind. People brought up certain countries, not just Japan, but certain countries. To try to basically say, oh, everything hinges on this. I'm just saying, if you think Japan is going to deliver enough money, I'm looking at all the other international movies or international countries right now, and the the highest was the UK with 21 million dollars, 15 million from France. There, there's just there's not a chance in hell that Japan is going to deliver enough money to make the money to make the movie make its money back. And I think it, hardly a chance for it to get to a point where it easily beats even Shang-Chi. I'll follow it, though. Don't worry. I'll, I'll continue to follow it. So with all of that being said, thank you again, everyone, for being here. Again, you all know what to do. Check out the top link in the video description if you want to find out ways to contact me. Uh, you got my email address in that top link. You've got the Discord server link. You've got all kinds of stuff. So again, if you want to support the channel, tons of ways to do that down there. Um, allows me to continue on doing what I'm doing and I, I like doing this for fun uh, but of course any support is also very much appreciated you guys again are all amazing beautiful people I want to give a huge shout out to all of my Patreon subscribe star locals members and I'll go ahead and play that video uh, now to give them a shout out anyway you guys are all amazing and beautiful people hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day evening and uh, see you all for Friday Night Tights and then uh, Saturday stream will be canceled. I'll say that right now. Saturday stream will be canceled. I'm going to a wedding. So no Saturday stream, but I will be on Friday Night Tights. You guys rock. Have a wonderful day, everybody. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge special shout out to all of my November Patreon subscribe star and locals members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. Starting off with Patreon with Father Luca Illich. Thank you very much, Father. Garrett Searles, Jaime Irie Hymason, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Orange Hat Reviews, who you can check out on YouTube at his channel, Orange Hat Reviews, Rosetta Allen, who also has a YouTube channel that you can check out at Eagle Writer, and Miss Martin Muses, who also has a YouTube channel, Miss Martin Muses, and of course, the amazing Empress of the Universe, Tina B, who you can check out at her YouTube channel, Tina B, where she hosts the show with Stephanie B, one of my mods and one of my Valkyrie, called Soup to Nuts. Check out Soup to Nuts. 
and it premieres pretty much every Friday. So again, shout out to all my Patreon people. Also to all my Subscribestar people, starting off with Matt317. Check him out on Twitch at Matt317. The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, the Beer Guru, and Man. And Man, you can check out over at xtheboundaries.co to follow him uh, as he starts his podcast and also uh, for many of his musical musings as well. Check him out. Very, very talented guy. And then lastly, my locals peeps. We got Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan. How about a hockey player? UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson for the win. J.H. Schwalbach, Brett D90, and the amazing lore, <laughs> the amazing lawyer, Robert Barnes. Thank you all so very much for supporting me. And if you want your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and video, go ahead and check out the top link in the video description below where you get access to that. Also, you get access to special things like giveaways and also uh, exclusive podcasts I do with John the Flick, Big Flickinger and other guests throughout the month of November and in the previous and, and, and the, yeah, the months to follow as well. And again, if any of that sounds interesting to you, especially the 4K giveaways, Steelbook giveaways, some of them that I have to give away this month are films like Starship Troopers on 4K Steelbook, Top Gun Maverick on 4K Steelbook, amongst many others. If that sounds interesting to you, check out the link and follow the instructions down below. Anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.